0: Hi! Hello! Hey! How you doing? I don't know how Jess tolerates us. <laughs> I don't know how you guys tolerate me. <laughs> Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals and best friends, and we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of
1: birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim haynes and I'm a midwife at a busy birth center.
0: I'm Meredith Throut and I am a midwife and have a home birth practice. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula and also a birth assistant, which is really fun.
2: So today,
1: hey. what?
2: World doula week. Shout out. Oh,
0: Shout yeah. out, Jess. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: whoop, whoop. by the time they hear this, it'll be weeks it ago. That's true.
0: Not I'm really. I'm really bad at
2: the timing part of this whole thing.
0: That's all right. They can know we recorded during World Doula Week. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: we want to say thank you to all of our awesome doulas. You're amazing. Thanks for being you. Even though you're not in hospitals right now, we really, really appreciate what you're doing still. I
0: know. Birth is a lot more shit than giggles during the Mm. coronavirus pandemic. That's a
1: whole lot. And this doesn't count as not social distancing. We have alcohol to help us against. Whoop, whoop. The virus. And we're all in And really natural one, spring water. We're one person. so We
0: figured we can't social distance from each other because, number one, we are around each other so much that if any of us had been exposed, we would that have all have been exposed anyway. And also, we have to see each other to work for at a job Love that our we our all jobs. have to do so. and our
2: microbiomes are the same at this point anyways we're Almost are so. distancing
0: from the rest of the world and insulating ourselves
1: <laughs> together <laughs> and we're, we're gonna
2: come live on kim's commune i know that word makes her freak out but yeah, that's basically look, what's happening look right at my now new
1: chicken coop for self-sufficiency <laughs> it's not chicken done yet coop. but there
0: it is they built that in boop, like boop, a boop.
1: day boop. yeah She's pretty cool.
0: Also, this is the first episode that we are videotaping. Oh, yes. So
1: we're doing a YouTube video from now and forever because one of our clients, Dana, who is amazing Mm -hmm. and also happens to be deaf, pointed out she can't enjoy our podcast. Enjoy. Enjoy our podcast.
2: And why would you just put a transcript out when you could see our faces at the same time? Yeah. So.
1: So, Yeah. You can't really read our lips very well. Sorry about that. But we're going to try. We're going to do our best. And
0: subtitles. Um, and we're also really sorry for now that we're going to be videotaping this thing. How we
1: look because we don't. I was going to
2: say we're apologizing a lot, and we episode. don't dress.
1: We don't dress up for this. <laughs> no. No. We all ran this morning, and I'm wearing my paint clothes, and Meredith's yeah, wearing whatever this is. Whatever. I, I get shamed whenever I wear this. Right? I haven't showered in at least
0: four days, so <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's cool. We bad. don't care.
0: It's a mess, but we're but in the sunshine to our lives.
1: It's who we are.
0: Yeah. Welcome to my
1: house. But don't come here because we're social distancing. Social. Yeah. yeah don't come to my, my house.
0: house. <laughs> no.
1: Nikki's going to move into that chicken coop back there. <laughs> yeah. With the nice chicken. <laughs> I'm <the> chickens. excited <laughs> about that. Yeah. With the chickens. <laughs>
2: you just told us we could move in. It's going to be very crowded. <laughs> you can stay in the little true, I in the camper. I call a camper. Okay. Yeah. We're so good. So today we
0: are talking about birth trauma which is and
1: a super serious topic. so sillies we'll do our best I, to uh
0: i had someone in um, an email they sent that we should also talk about Provider. secondary trauma and providers of birth care and um we, and we agreed will. that that is a really good idea but we felt like it was too much information to include in the birth trauma episode so we're going to do another episode all about secondary trauma for the people that are providing birth care.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of stories yeah. about that.
0: And we'll space them out a bit because that's a lot.
1: You can see all my notes we keep talking yeah, about. Yeah, look. Look at my three pages is of notes. so legit. Organized you are. Thank you. I wouldn't
2: flash those too much,
1: though. I'm not. I flash the... I, fl- mm. <laughs> I flash the back. You it's can cool. flash
0: whatever you want.
1: <laughs> that's where it ends Especially for Especially now me.
0: that we're filming. <laughs> We're
2: gonna I realize how ridiculous we are in this podcast. Now we can actually see ourselves, it's and I also awful. make a lot of
1: judgy faces and make a lot of snide comments. I can't do that now that everybody's,
2: especially not on this episode. No. This isn't necessarily the best best one for that. Reel it in. Okay, we'll put I- it. We'll black
0: out your. I Let's wanted to that. tell we'll everybody your face. I'm drinking wine again because um, <laughs> I was, I know I told you in one of the episodes I was really worried because my underarms are itchy, so I got my labs done. We, and yeah,
1: we sent her lab, well, we, Meredith sent her labs. And, and I found that. out
0: that my liver is totally normal. So. And she's not, yay!
1: Yeah, she doesn't have cancer, so, so yay.
0: Ow! It's- <laughs> I don't think I have cancer, but I mean, there's still time for that. that. I'm drinking
1: wine because I'm off call this week, so... There's my glass we talked it's about. It's a solid glass. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so why don't we start with the, um definition of birth trauma so people know what we're talking about.
0: Sounds like a good it's plan. Do it, do I wrote it down do it. this morning. You did, you're doing a good job. You're on a episode. roll. Thank you. I have not planned at all.
1: Also, you did some other things this morning too. I did so much stuff. This whole being off call, thanks Jen, uh, is really, it's, it's helping out. Yes. So I just want to say that um, this goes along with the topic of mental health. And as we get into it, we'll talk about um, how the numbers are increasing, but really it's just about reportable numbers. So now that we're acknowledging that mental health is so important and it doesn't mean that you're weak, it means that you need help with something, more and more people are coming out and reporting their birth trauma and they're processing it and they're getting help for it. So, um, And it's important because that
0: is what is going to make a change in the culture mm-hmm. that has led to so much birth trauma in people.
2: Yeah.
1: Culture. That's how like all the
2: money is going to be funneled into those resources, knowing that there's a need
1: for sure. And birth trauma is no different than any other trauma. It's just, where is the cause coming from? Mm -hmm. Um, so I did some research this morning, um, and I just want to say again, we've always talked about um, birth workers, out of hospital birth workers specifically, have always said that peace on earth begins with birth. Yeah, and that could not be any more true. Mm-hmm. So, if you're feeling traumatized from your birth, the rest of your life is just going to go downhill. You're not going to be able to function.
2: Wow, that so, was yeah, that's
1: dark. dire. Sorry, <laughs> where's These the are cloud? dire time? Can we bring in a dark? Cloud no, there for is that?
0: there is hope in that. Like, let's cut through that and be like, if you get help. If you get help. And and feel validated in that trauma and you don't have that thing happen where people are like the only thing that's important is a healthy mom and a healthy baby. Like if you have
2: those voices in your life that shut it down. Don't listen to those voices. Listen to our voices. They're not annoying. They're not
1: annoying at all. So G.H. Zimmerman (laughs) in the International Journal of Childbirth Education in 2013 said that birth trauma resulting in PTSD is a severe mental illness that affects the lives of as many as 6% of child Bearing women this was in 2013 um so if you go and you experience something that causes you post-traumatic stress disorder i can't talk anymore what are some other examples like
2: uh, someone in a war going to war mm-hmm, having um, loss of a family member seeing someone hit by a car yes yeah, performing cpr crisis
0: performing on CPR, another year oh my bars. gosh
2: who knows what this pandemic is going to cause in
1: people. Um, right.
0: Sexual sexual trauma causes PTSD.
1: Right. So if it goes without being treated, you you develop post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, so this is happening with women in childbirth as well. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Not to say that other PTSD doesn't matter, but we just want to point out that post-traumatic stress disorder caused by a horrible or what is perceived as a right. horrible birth experience is a thing. So by acknowledging it and processing it with our women. In, we can help them to move forward and have a better birth.
2: We're just gonna let Kim do this whole episode. I could. I'll just I mean, and listen to just you just process
0: with any kind of PTSD, like processing and moving past. Because I, I feel, I feel like with PTSD, people get stuck in that moment of how they felt then, mm-hmm. and like processing through it and thinking through it in a more um logical way after the fact does help release some of those heavy emotions and help you move on to a point where it's like you can feel. A, if not at peace with what happened, at least not have it be something that's affecting your life on a daily basis. Yeah, um, for sure. And I feel like birth trauma
2: is like more commonly tampered down because like you have something to show at the end for it. You have a child. But it doesn't mean that that's going to like And the
0: predominant
2: cloth over everything. The predominant that culture
0: tells people that birth trauma is not real, like it's okay. And I I don't know how far in your notes you're going to get, but I feel like there has been a birth culture for like the last hundred years where it was like, it's okay for me to do anything I need to do to you. Um, The patient is the the submissive and the doctor or whatever is the one in control and we can do anything we need to do to you or your body as long as your baby's safe and you shouldn't feel traumatized by that. That's
1: crazy. We are looking at 100 years because um, the Mm -hmm. men took over birth around the 40s in the hospital. That's when your traditional safe approach to childbirth kind of took a shit
0: yeah and that's got when, shit on and yeah. that's when they started with like the whole like episiotomies for every birth and then like twilight, the twilight sleep and all the things that mm-hmm. happened and moving even, birth
2: into hospitals out of homes
0: mm-hmm. yeah and so um and and that gets passed on you know to our kids that trauma because then you're passing on a tra- uh, a cycle of fear to your children and how you talk about or think about birth mm-hmm. yeah
1: so i found it interesting um Because I was just wondering how the percentage changed. Because, you know, we don't believe that suddenly we have this mental health situation or suddenly birth is worse today than it was yesterday. So in 2004, um, birth trauma in the eye of the beholder by Cheryl Tatum Beck in nursing research, 1.5 to 6% was the number expected for birth trauma. Okay. And, and you said in 2013, it was, they had quoted
2: it at 6%. Yeah.
1: 2009, it was somewhere above 5%. Seems really 2013 low. is 6%. Well, this is it's what was reported. Oh. People reporting it? So back, True. and I don't have any, um, I only did this for a few minutes this morning, so I don't have any of the recent, how many women are claiming that their birth was traumatic. Well, look at, at how many
0: clients we serve who have been traumatized by their birth. Yeah. Um, like, when we transfer to a hospital or whatever. And there's been lots of times where we've tried to say, you need to report this to the hospital for what's for something to be done about it. And so we many so times. many clients that just don't want to do that. Like they feel like it traumatizes them more. They'd rather just try and move past or it. Or they
2: don't feel disempowered. about it. Like that cycle of disempowerment just continues. Like, like nothing's going to What's going to happen? happen? And there
1: are people out there today still rolling their eyes when we talk about these things. Yeah. Um, but I kid you not. And you know this, but. The stories of women that were literally held down with the non-dominant hand while the OB performed a very violent vaginal exam yelling, I have to see what's happening. I have heard that story so many times and people are like, oh my God, you're so dramatic. You must be retelling that in a dramatic way, but that's not true. Or like...
2: Stories about people who got exams done after they'd already pissed off the provider by advocating for themselves and knowing that it was more violent than it could have been because of that.
1: I've seen women screaming during vaginal yeah, exams. Yeah, there's no reason. Why I've that seen should be I've happening. seen a client who
0: um, had told her provider she had a history of sexual abuse and PTSD from sexual abuse, and a provider came in and gave a vaginal exam that was so like violent. Her husband needed to sit down. Like, he was, he got lightheaded Faint. and almost passed out. Yeah.
2: So, um, so like, we're not making this shit up. It's still no, happening, it's every happening single day. And honestly, let's talk about how like fucked up the current environment around birth is right now. Like, you can even have your birth partner in the room with you in a lot of hospitals. That's so scary to me. That's so, like, so there's, so scary no, accountability. there's, there's no accountability,
1: there's zero accountability. Um, so I feel like we, kind of get lost in what's actually happening in the OB community because we're so lucky. Like we give such amazing care out of hospital. Midwives give such Mm -hmm. amazing, gentle care that we just kind of, I honestly live in a world of like rose glasses. You know, I forget that it happens until women come in and tell me these stories. I mean, we
0: still see people that are in our care that feel traumatized just by the act of giving birth. Um, But I feel like we do make such a solid effort to try and not, increase that trauma by having disrespectful or non-validating actions towards our clients
2: or like we inform our clients like that email that we're going to read like if you explain to clients why you're doing something and intentions behind it it makes so many things more tolerable and asking for consent right yeah yeah
1: um, so I want to go over a list of um, things that would increase your likelihood of experiencing or perceiving your birth as traumatic. And I think that'll leave a lot of room for discussion. But I want to just urge everyone to check out traumaassociation.org.uk. There is so much information on that website. And instead of telling you more of how to treat it, it doesn't really go into that But it really talks about things that happen to you that can cause trauma, and so it's very validating. So when I read some of these things, even though I didn't really experience birth trauma, I was just like, "Oh my gosh!"
0: I feel like that's not true. I feel like when we first met, oh,
1: I did with you did have birth trauma. I'm sorry, I'm focusing on out of hospital. Also, you talk about Brock, (laughs) like it was the worst thing you've ever experienced. I mean, he was stuck (laughs) in a weird. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. That and, was physical trauma, I, but
0: <laughs> I also experienced birth trauma that took a while for me to work through. And I was also one of those people who didn't report what upset me because the I thought that the thing that had upset me, no one was going to think it was valid because they, I knew they would think that that was such a small thing and there was no harm done. But to me, it was still traumatic and yeah. I felt very invalidated and disrespected.
1: So then let me tick off some of these things. And then if you have an example of them, we should just kind of throw that out there just dive in just like
2: (laughs) with consent so
1: some (laughs) factors that make birth trauma much more likely for a woman to perceive her birth as traumatic is a lengthy labor or a short or very and very painful labor so we always talk about everyone wants what they don't have my births are precipitous and intense it's like a train wreck and then i'm done yeah. And some moms that experience that are just like, that was horrible. It's just too much for them. I to wish handle. it was 12 hours and then vice versa. Well, I, feel like
0: I will say, having experienced both of those things, even though I, I definitely wasn't traumatized by my fast birth, when I think back to my really long labor, um, I don't feel like I ever would have been traumatized by the actual feeling of labor just from it being long. I was traumatized more by like, how I was treated when I transferred to the hospital. But experiencing also a precipitous birth, it was definitely much harder, much more intense, and much more difficult to keep up with in the moment while yeah. you're
1: experiencing I it. Loved, I hate giving birth, but I would never trade my fast labors for a long labor. How do you know? I don't care to know. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say I've been having most precipitous labors, and no. I would
1: say the vast majority don't appreciate. I experience. would always take
0: my precipitous labor over my first labor
1: That's for like sure. Saying you don't eat snail? How do you know you don't like it? Yeah. I don't fucking like it. Okay,
0: I love snails. i are actually They're delicious. snail. It was delicious. It tastes like butter. It's and literally garlic. coated
2: in butter and garlic. It's all it
1: of it. Probably hawkalugi if you really need to eat something right slimy. Now? Put some salt on it for you. I mean, I guess
2: our microbiomes. The same, I mean,
0: so. I like oysters too. So it's the same thing <laughs> will it provide me with lots of vitamins and minerals
1: like Chuck says you'd eat it if you didn't She's have a choice
0: been really well so maybe. maybe yes I have been does eating does your saliva loogies have zinc in them
1: probably <laughs> i am getting a lot of extra protein since we can't leave the house so.
0: oh god <laughs> I'm so that? glad he's fixed
2: <laughs> oh god yeah for all
1: you people stuck in the that house remember the we are birth workers
2: Said. <laughs> and that's saying something. This isn't even drunk,
1: Kim. This is just normal, Guess Kim. I it's have no been thing at home thing I've ever heard for a week say. and two days. Literally. You daydream about this. I'm, I'm living my life right now. I'm
0: actually really enjoying it. I really am. You- Jess, how is your life changed? <laughs> It hasn't changed except that I don't feel the pressure to go places. You or can't do go to things. the brewery. What do you do? Oh, but I don't just feel don't the pressure. To feel guilty anymore. I don't feel the pressure to go to the brewery either. So it's just like you don't have any choice. You might as well just enjoy oh, what you're you doing. You
2: don't feel the pressure to go get free beers. Every
0: I, time I feel you like go out in public. No, I feel that like must be very tough for I you. I feel like th- there always was this like unspoken rule. <laughs> Don't touch me. I'm
1: sorry. I there's,
0: know my fingers are like, no! There's this unspoken rule that every Friday and Saturday you're supposed to be going out and doing something. And Whose now it's rule like, is that? Is it's, not. A, it's in Jazz. my brain. You literally text us every single day. I'm so bored. I want to go. Well, to I am something. bored. <laughs> I am not bored, me, I'm but I don't feel heaven. like I need to go to the brewery. I just want to hang out oh, with you guys because you're my, you're safe. You're do you safe know what else increases your
1: risk of traumatizing birth <laughs> experiences? <laughs> <laughs> Please, let's get back on track. Good induction. Job. Oh
0: yeah, yep, that would do it because the lack of control. Poor pain I, relief. I find that especially though with induction, if it's like because there's so many people that are kind of told they need an induction when it's not actually medically necessary or people that are scared into an induction and if you're trying to force your body to do something it's not ready to do it is usually rougher but then if people do research afterwards and they realize that it actually wasn't medically yeah. necessary
2: tr-
1: that's even sure. more yeah you just got lied
2: to over like one of the most
0: important experiences
2: of yeah. life. which
1: for the record is why when i hear birth stories of like new clients that have had past births or just friends i never tell them why did they do that? Like, never. I would never do that. It, well, it's, unless they ask because it it just opens up that like, yeah. oh, my God, I had a C-section for no reason. I find
0: it's a really like fine line, though, because there's also people that might not ask, but you can tell they're feeling traumatized mm-hmm. or like, I don't know what to do going forward because they don't realize they have options. And it's really hard to tell them they have other options without then telling them that they had options the first time as well. Right? Well, and then
1: it's like Meredith said, you have to know where they're going with it. So if they ask you or yeah. if they're here for a consult and they say, yeah. tell me what you think about this or would you have done that? Starting with, I don't at- know. I'm not your provider, so I can't tell you what I would have done. I've However- been with you
2: in those conversations. do you handle it well? I think there's... A little bit
0: lower, but a little bit closer. Meredith.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, I just think I think that if it's the same thing with intention, if you're not going into it to sound judgmental or try to like start that process of them having to heal by throwing them right into it I feel like people know that that is your intention and it's a much easier and safer conversation yeah, for people, people to have. if people
1: if they're okay with it like plan a cesarean yeah get your boobs done while you're at it like fix it all yeah. but that's only if you want to yeah. yeah, if you're traumatized and forced into it and then your baby's fine you know three pounds lighter than expected that's traumatizing.
0: And I see that so much on these Facebook groups like this was so horrible when I did this last time and I don't want to do it again but now this is happening again this time yeah. and it's like you at that point because they're not going to get that information anywhere else you you kind of feel obligated to Mm -hmm. be like listen that's not evidence-based care and look into this you have another choice so (gasps) that maybe you won't be traumatized but then you're just
2: providing information and they get to choose whether or not they access it which i think is different than like
1: what is, thing? What, is, what is that? I just want to say. Speaking of evidence-based birth, we just changed our protocol to allow people with ruptured membranes that are GBS negative to be home for as as long as three days. Our Ooh, backup that's position, awesome. thats exciting. Our OB supports this because it's evidence-based. Yeah. So also, because we have a lack of antibiotics now, we're not just shoving antibiotics into yeah. people. Do they have a monitor? So Nikki, protocol? you were right. Yeah.
0: It's and ex- every other country that does home birth, it's, you're right.
1: It's expecting care. <laughs> and then you, we had, do you have to monitor them coming and like, going from temperatures their home, and stuff? temperatures, fetal do movement, do vitamin being No, Meredith. That's always been one of that. my,
0: that's always been one of my <laughs> biggest, this is great. That's always been one of my biggest pet peeves is like people getting inductions for rupture of membranes. Nikki's
1: water was broken for three days with meconium in England. And she's like, Kimberly, you're freaking out for no reason. And I'm yeah. like, go
2: away. Yeah, there's so many stories like that. So, We're okay, all
0: learning all the time.
1: I love to learn, so I I'm learning. She also
0: loves to teach and be right all the time. So, yeah, I do like <laughs> that.
1: So feelings of loss of control, which is yeah, everything.
0: Which birth makes you feel like you're losing control anyway, because you really can't control birth. But then if you add into it like outside forces from your caregivers, yeah, mm-hmm. it makes you or not feeling listened to. Like when people are like. We'll be so sure something's happening and it's just like, no, it's not sweetheart,
1: which answers my question of like when we talked about um, trauma versus contentment with birth. Like some of these people had amazing, what I saw as amazing births. But then I'm like, Kim, they had nothing they fucking wanted at all. They were completely out of control. And just because yeah. it went well to you for as a provider doesn't mean it's what they wanted. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. oh. There's
2: like a huge difference between feeling out of control in like the birth environment you envisioned yourself being in and being out of control in a completely different context than what you'd hoped for.
1: For sure. So emergency C-sections or forceps, obviously, would mm-hmm. be very traumatic. Yeah. Impersonal treatment or problems with the staff's attitude and not being listened to. So that happens a lot in the hospital that I see. And we're not trying to bash on the hospital. It's just they're used to doing things in a certain way. So if you question it, it's usually received with um, hostility Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. confusion or anger. Well, also, Mm -hmm.
2: I feel like midwifery, like the cornerstones of our care are informed consent and... effective communication, whereas I don't necessarily see that, like, manifesting quite as much.
1: I hope it's still recording. It is. It is.
0: I think so. I feel like it's something we always have to be aware of as as well as out of hospital providers, too, because what I start to see, like, after you've been doing this a long time, even in in ourselves, is that you've seen so many births over and over and over again, and you kind of start to expect something. So if somebody's acting some way and they're like, but I really think that Mm -hmm. it's coming soon – we might be tired or something and we're like, oh, you have so much longer. Yeah. Like, and I'm sometimes- so sorry to all
2: my moms that were having really fast sleepers with their first baby. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Go to sleep. Hey, June. Never mind. You're pushing. Hi. Sorry. It, it's hard
0: because we will hey, see we will see lots of like moms who are experiencing something really intense and and they do still have a long time. And it is like that norm of what we would see. But then there are other moms where it can be easy to like to not listen to what they're saying just because um, of how often we see it the other way.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just what we're used to seeing and I can imagine going against what they're used to seeing in or out of the hospital. It's all going to be met with, hopefully out of the hospital will be met with a little more grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so lack of information or explanation. This is huge. This goes back to our informed consent episode. Um, they are literally just walking in and saying, this is what we're doing. Sign here. Right. Um, it goes into people not knowing that they have options. Yeah. And I say they, because we are, this tip doesn't typically happen for out of hospital births. I feel me personally, am very big, I'm very big into explanation of things, even mm-hmm. if they're not mm-hmm. able to focus on what I'm saying. Well, I think
2: that's why we prioritize So such long prenatal care visits so that we can talk about all of these things before labor, because obviously in labor, it's going to be one of the harder times to focus on those kinds of hard topics.
0: Although I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate. It can even happen to us out of hospital as well, because um, from a liability standpoint, (laughs) um, there's certain information from the CDC that we have to share in informed consents, whether we agree with what that informed consent says or
1: not. Have you heard me do that? Uh, I have.
2: I've definitely picked up Kim's
1: CDC recommendation blob. <laughs> I have to tell you that the CDC recommends that you get a flu shot. Period. I have to tell you that the CDC recommends that you get the hepatitis B shot for your baby at birth. Mm-hmm. Period. Any questions? And then there's like an awkward silence. All the families I'd are,
2: recommend are you like do all trying your own to research. figure out what she's and saying. And so,
0: yeah. And so with my doula clients in that situation, or I even do it with things like um, strep B or whatever, it's like the the policy is that if you're strep positive this is what they need to do and antibiotics and blah 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 but then actually providing the research on the other side and saying read all this and decide how you feel about it because as like legally we are required to give you that information and have you decline it to cover our own butts
1: and people ask me well what do you think I think that you should do some research yeah. and make your own decision. I think it's not about what I think. Yep. I think I don't have any thoughts or opinions. I don't know how I make it day to day.
0: I know. <laughs> Welcome to your
1: unbiased care. My
0: clients say this to me, but what would you do? I'm like, nah. yeah, I don't like know. Your cervix starts like, like
1: just. I don't know. And then right on up.
0: That's a. That's a. I mean, you your can. Cervix is probably pretty. I feel
1: like this. if you're not a licensed, if you, not that you. Aren't the, at the same level, but if you give your opinion on what yes, you would do, but that's okay. I'm not a medical
0: provider, so what don't if have I a do license that? To choose, yeah. If or, I do that, and
1: yeah. then they and I say, you know, my my kid did get the vitamin K shot, and then their kid gets the vitamin K shot and has a horrible reaction and dies. I don't think there's any record of that ever happening. It's just an the example. That is no, so there, low. there is. There, it, it I happened. I refuse. There are reactions.
0: There has been anaphylaxis from the vitamin K for sure. Thank Super you for uncommon.
1: sharing that. Yeah, that's why I don't give people with that. Here's what you should do. Yeah. So um, this one, and I just, I'm seeing now that I actually wrote some notes. So lack of privacy or dignity. So even if you joke about not having any dignity, such mm-hmm. as myself, when I had Oscar, my midwife did not show up. I had a doctor. Thank God I knew her. So yeah. she allowed all my family in. Thank you for that. But that's not what I was expecting. So not only did the midwife not show up, I had a doctor. And then every male and female attendant in on that floor that could make it came in to watch me push him out as I had told before because it was a natural childbirth and it was a dystocia really a
0: that.
1: yeah it was a dystocia he was stuck as far as I know this is what I'm told he was ripped out of me I was told I wasn't pushing hard enough she's not pushing hard enough and here I am like I had a precipitous birth it was horrible it was all back labor I felt like, every bit of control was taken from me. And I was traumatized by mm-hmm. that. So when I got pregnant with Max, I said, you're going to have to hit me over the fucking head with a mallet and drag me into that hospital. I'm not going through that again. It took me years to get over that. And I didn't carry it around with me. And it didn't affect my parenting. Maybe. I don't know. But I sure as fuck wasn't <laughs> going back. Anytime saw a crowd. <laughs> it, might expi- ah! it
0: might explain something.
1: It might explain <laughs> it a few
0: things.
2: It might why you weren't as diligent. Like, did you go to the hospital as much with Oz as you would have you think otherwise?
1: What do you mean? I didn't like go when he
2: was like sick and stuff like that. Did you avoid the medical
1: establishment? Oh, um, my. I, I don't want to answer that. OK. <laughs> Dive into too deep. No comment. Um, I just was never. Just I was never. Like
0: and hit her cervix. I'm
1: never doing that again. I'm just never. I would never do that. I would never. Yeah. People say it's so brave to birth out of hospital and after birth. After his experience, all I could think was, it is so brave to walk into that hospital. Like, you, it took away every bit of dignity that I had, and I earned it back. And then, yeah. like your birth with Ren, Max's birth. Yeah. Anyway, that was a long. It just hit,
2: I know it it hit a It was only one
1: little bullet on her. It there, hit a
2: but I know
0: we're going to talk more about. <laughs> Are you turning like, red? People's am I? people's actual stories in the second half. Yeah, I am. Um, but it's like. I I do know that for me and for a lot of people that having an empowering next birth is super healing towards, um, towards healing birth trauma from your previous birth. Because I know a lot of the trauma for me was this feeling of like, I had thought I knew so much about birth and I had thought, I it doesn't matter who I hire. Like it doesn't matter how many people are there. Like the baby birth is normal. The baby's just going to come out. And then that didn't happen. And so it was a really invalidating feeling of like, what's wrong with me that, right. it, that it didn't work. Is my bait, is my body capable, which I knew it was because I had a vaginal birth. I had a natural birth still. Um, but it was like so hard. Like how else can you prove to yourself that you can do it unless yeah. you have
2: another opportunity to do so? And like, I don't think you have to do it that way, but I can see yes. why so many women are healed from being able to try again and like have a but better not Yeah. And, some and if don't, you don't, I have a I don't, bullet
1: point about that later.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I just wanted to say, like, I don't think you have to have another, have a human no. birth experience to heal, no. No. but it is, like, a way that a lot of women rely on and, like, have claimed as, like, and, their way of and moving past their previous experiences. There's so many
0: people that they get that because they go into a first birth, um, and I know I've talked about this before, being like, well, that's not going to happen to me, and, like, thinking bad things aren't going to happen, kind of, like, just moving yeah. past it and i did that like i'm not gonna fill out my um i'm not gonna fill out Transport a birth plan, plan you didn't tra-
1: fill out a transfer plan oh. i refuse.
0: i just kept doing
1: rookie mistake and i kept
0: saying like <laughs> You're like crap how long is the ableist gonna take to get here I you were saying, a new like, doula yeah i'll do that i'll do that whatever and i kept not doing it as i did you know who's care that you life. wouldn't have gone away with that with yeah,
1: hey.
0: <laughs> she would have just pushed me right into it. That's
1: why Jess doesn't hire me as a care provider.
0: <laughs> no, but but it's also why now as a doula, I encourage people not only to do, to do that, but to also go over the things yeah, for Yeah, just talk about transfer. it. Yeah. And I, that's, it wasn't even something I was willing to like go in my mind. And so it was even more traumatic for me when it did happen because it was something I hadn't prepared for at all.
1: We're still going to talk about that. Okay. Second by second. Okay. Oh yeah, you guys are
0: technically drinking today. So, you could
1: unfold I cried time. at your birth. I was today. I was
0: sobbing. Apparently, everybody did.
1: I could not believe you were so beautiful Aww. and you and Brian together. I was just like and it just kept, I just cried the, all, right up until we went to the hospital. Oh. It was horrible and that, for she, me. She, for me, will, it was that horrible. Be on she the cried. Provider
0: trauma episode. She cried and thought I was beautiful even after seeing my gaping asshole. I don't remember your gaping. She blocked asshole. it out. You must not
1: have been in the room for that. And I, I don't remember. I don't remember, I don't
2: the remember. Birth hormones kicking in afterwards. and blocking them out.
1: Yeah, as a doula, that was traumatizing. I'm gonna have to process that later.
2: Yeah. God, there's so many feelings happening okay. around me right now. <laughs> it's
1: <fascinating. laughs> Okay, a couple. Let me just finish this one off. So, let's see. <laughs> Fear of the baby safety. Oh, come on. Yes. Uh, yeah. stay in ICU and NICU.
0: Yeah. Well, the NICU is a whole other beast because I feel I like... Infected. Once your baby's in the NICU, so many We're people have here. this feeling that because the NICU just takes over. Yeah, you they, can't touch your baby. They do what they do. And it's so hard to really know what is necessary that they're doing and, and life-saving and what is, like, mm-hmm. over the top. Mm-hmm. What,
2: so, is ju- what is just protocol. Yeah, they've and gotten so, permission to really do whatever they need to do. Yeah,
0: and so many people, so. just they don't even feel like their baby's their own or they have any choice over what happens to their babies. Why are you laughing?
2: No, it's not you. I'm just. She's having emotions and she doesn't know what to <laughs> no do with that. What's happening? Them. I got my period I was today. gonna say you're bleeding. I'm overwhelmed. What's happening. not
0: me. I'm I my... realized
2: that when I saw your face
0: getting red. I was like, "Fuck,
1: she's bleeding. This is a mess." <laughs>
0: I'm bleeding. I'm in my on week <laughs> and I'm about to ovulate, so I'm not feeling that way. No, I was.
1: I was remembering a, a I'm moment. Feeling good. 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 <laughs> I'm also feeling good. <laughs> I'm just remembering a moment in the NICU with a baby who did need help. But the nurse kept putting the sweeties in his mouth mm-hmm. and then saying nothing by mouth. And I was like, you're putting stop c- doing yeah. that. And she, she was that. so beautiful and like f- sweet and funny. But to her, it was like, no, this is what we do. And I said, can we use colostrum instead? And I got that look of like, you're one of those people. And I was like, well, it's
0: a lot. And sugar go- water she versus goes, no. all the other
1: beautiful things in breast milk. No, nothing by mouth. And I'm like, but and then she goes. Puts the lollipop back in his mouth and looks at me, and I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> Message received. She made eye contact with me while she squirted the little sugar water in his mouth. I would lose it. I think I would lose it. No, I think I you're laughing like, right now
2: because you're trying not to envision punching her. I in just the thought head. of my brother
1: going, well played, madam.
2: Like,
1: <laughs> there's nothing I can fucking do. The mom's exhausted and passed out. Yeah. I'm sitting here watching you do yep, what whatever you, you're what doing. You, no, what you think is right. So she really felt. Like, what she was doing was right. So, who am I to say it wasn't right? (laughs) Um, Poor... Okay, and last. Poor postnatal care. For example, one postpartum visit six weeks after your birth. What do you do for the first six weeks? I can't imagine... Yeah. yeah, our moms going home, and then us not talking to them. I mean,
2: even yeah. our experienced moms, you end up easily having an hour and a half postpartum visit with the most experienced moms because this shit's hard. Yeah.
1: All of my babies, no are, babies are, are normal. they dying within the first three days. I don't care how many I had. Is this normal? Is that normal? Yeah. Oh I mean, God. I'm sure But you we a all we all text our clients like we yeah. text with them mm-hmm. over the first couple of days and then we see them again at two and six weeks. Like, what are and you supposed to relation- do? And that's like a bare minimum. And they
0: have a relationship with us is that that like sometimes we're texting people less that need less help. But we also have a relationship that for the people that need more help, they feel comfortable reaching out to us mm-hmm. in a more personal way. Yeah. Or at least me. Maybe We're still
2: call. on call. I, don't I don't mean, that. like, the first couple of days, 24-7, you know, like, yeah. thank God most of our moms, like, not thank God, but a lot of moms don't call us at 3 o'clock in the morning, but some do,
1: and that's okay, because usually yeah. that means that they need to.
0: That they really need it.
1: So, all of these things um, are also previous trauma, so whether it's childhood trauma, domestic violence, or a past Birth trauma, which mm-hmm. we see all the time, and we know, like if they were stuck at seven centimeters and had an emergency cesarean, mm-hmm. they're going to flip out at seven centimeters, mm-hmm. and we know it, yeah. and we get them through yeah. it. Yeah,
0: or they're going to have more anxiety at that point, and then once they can get past that point, it's like a huge relief. It's like, oh, my oh my I made yeah. it past the point where all the bad stuff happened last time. Or yeah, like
1: pushing with moms who have a history of dystocia. That's oh never God. fun. nope. Um, this website also really wanted to point out that people who witness their partner's traumatic births may also feel trauma and equally need to process and get care for that. That's
0: super important to talk yeah. about. I think we should talk about that a little bit more after the break because I, my husband definitely experienced that. He felt and I've seen other husbands of my clients um, or partners experience that because... Men want to fix something, and then when you go into this this atmosphere where you feel like you don't have control over things, and then you can see your partner struggling, and you want to fix it, and there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Like my husband had a lot of like issues after my birth from that. Like he was he was like, I just have dreams that I can go and like kill that doctor, and that's that was like a violent. Wow. But he had so many feelings about it, about like, and I heard. I wasn't there but after it all happened and after I'd had the baby like he just went into the waiting room to tell all of because I had had that huge birth party all of our friends in the waiting room that the baby had been born or whatever and he just like broke down sobbing because he had
1: to hold it together for you
2: or like how many times have we like seen dads you know who like unfortunately had a really intense first birth experience and might even have a second intense birth experience and you just see them shut down and stand in a corner. And, like, you just have to, like, you have yep. to support them in that. Like, you yep. can try to, like, prep them and emotionally prepare them for for what's to come. But, yep. like, in that moment... I've had an, I've had like people be like, Why isn't he doing anything? Like, why isn't he more involved? I'm like, he no. just needs to step he's back right so now. Scared, like what he's yeah. doing right now is what he needs to do to get through this. So like that's a safe space for him and don't touch it. I've
0: definitely <laughs> seen that. And then I've also seen like what we were talking about dads like that. And then when they have a good experience, it's also super healing for them. Like yeah. they were so scared mm-hmm. and they had seen so many bad things. That's happen. why
1: Brian got so drunk at Ren's birth. Yeah. He was like, This is gonna be
0: a shit show He's like, That was the <laughs> easiest thing ever. And I was like, Was it? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Chuck said the same thing. It's the easiest thing we've ever done.
1: I will kill you right now.
0: (laughs) I will cut off your testicles myself.
1: So um, as Jess said earlier, women end up feeling torn between more children and the desire to avoid more trauma. Yeah. It's huge. And we get emails from, you know, you have friends that that have gone through that. Some of the emails
0: we're going to read talk about that. Mm
1: -hmm. It's terrible. And then relationships start to deteriorate. Because women have trauma and some men cannot understand, some partners, Mm -hmm. it's not that they don't care. It's just they're thinking, as your friend or the email that we got said, you gave birth naturally. Why can't you handle motherhood? And I just remember doing a six-week visit with a mom that couldn't, she like undid our facebook page she couldn't watch any positive posts she was horrified and i said listen why don't you take the time to tell me what you think i did wrong it's okay just yell at me scream at me do whatever you want she can hold it yeah like do it and she's like oh i didn't think you'd be okay with that and i'm like no i played a part in your birth but if you don't get it out i i'm guessing your relationship right now has gone to shit and he goes oh yeah it's terrible i'm like well It needs to be worked through. So relationships start to fall apart. If you don't process these things, your partner can't help you. Like Mm -hmm. you have to help yourself in whatever way you can. So I think it's a
0: good time now to go to our break. Um, And then we'll come back and we'll talk about some real stories that were sent to us. Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Am I supposed to hit pause or what? Yeah. Oh, pause. pause. Cue the music. Oh, yeah. I love this music. Today's sponsor for our episode is Three Graces Birth. Um, Would you like to experience hypnosis for birth? Um, Hypnosis for birth helps you have a peaceful, joyful birth. Three Graces Birth Services has been offering hypnobirthing classes and doula services for 10 years in the Northern Virginia region currently offering remote hypnotherapy classes for an easier, more peaceful birth experience. And I know I can say as a doula helping people who have used hypnobirthing that it really works and can really help you to have a more peaceful birth. So check out threecrisisbirth.com and have a great birth experience. Back to the episode. That was an interesting break. (laughs) I thought Kim was going to bash my head on one of those rocks.
1: I'm very calm.
0: <laughs> Corona
2: is not even affecting her at all. Look,
1: it's, it's affecting my OCD strike. level. I can only control a few things, and they must be right. Why are you doing this? The it's few things. Is this your control. This is how <laughs> many things I can hold in
0: my hand. I can <laughs> control a lot of things this way. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's say. The whole world runs. I on got this. the whole world in my
2: <laughs> hand. <laughs> Also, what keeps happening? Are there critters on top of that thing? No, it's oh, the wind. It's flapping. Oh,
0: it's flapping. <laughs> All right, we're starting to lose control. What are we talking about now that our break's Okay, up? we have stories.
1: So I thought that oh, I would. No, we're gonna talk about this. Later. <clears throat> oh <sighs> yes, we're gonna just do the four main um, signs of both trauma. Kim's both. OCD
0: had to finish Ooh. her list.
1: <laughs> I have to finish. I can't let it go halfway through. It's <laughs> it's through. Only so
0: many. Things. It's only gonna she be a three-hour episode. <laughs> Like It would be like list blue balls otherwise. I
1: couldn't even. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Okay. So these are some signs. When I read these, I thought they were really validating for moms that may not even realize they're experiencing PTSD. Birth trauma. Yes. So re- re-experiencing the traumatic event through flashbacks, nightmares, or intrusive memories. These may make you feel distressed and panicky.
2: Oh, God. I made an awful sound. I'm, if you respond that way to your birth memories, that means it's a problem. So, I- so does that mean exhibit Brian, had, a.
0: Brian had PTSD from my birth? Yeah, probably. Probs. Maybe. Makes sense.
1: He's still struggling with that. <laughs> Do you oh, want to unpack that with him? I don't want to unpack that at all. No. You
0: I don't keep wanna... it in that
1: suitcase. <laughs> I don't want to unpack anything. He can fold it up and stick it in his vest. <laughs> yep. And Good you idea. can unpack Check it with it under him. your kilt. Okay. Avoiding anything that reminds you of trauma. This can mean refusing to walk past the hospital where you gave birth Mm -hmm. or avoiding meetings or women with new babies.
0: Or even avoiding birth posts on
1: social media, Mm
0: -hmm. birth videos. Avoiding
1: telling people your story. Mm -hmm. Um, That could also include hiring a whole new birth team. Yes. Even if if you don't see them as the reason, you need a whole new... You know, Experience, script for your yeah. birth. I did that. Yeah. I totally did that. Absolutely. Um, the other thing. Um, I can't do that because you guys are all oh gods. So we better make the first one work. You're screwed. You're screwed if you don't get the first one right. Um, I had a mom that couldn't sleep in her own bedroom for yeah, I've heard, months. I've heard
2: that one.
1: And I wish I could have helped with that, but I don't know. We haven't. We'll have to do a whole episode on how to help yeah. with PTSD. So another one is feeling hypervigilant. This means that you are constantly alert, irritable, and or jumpy. You worry that something terrible is about to happen to your baby. Like and birth that, anxiety. Yeah. 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 And that goes like the woman who we talked about who was afraid to drive away from the bus stop because mm-hmm. they kept thinking that their kid was yeah. stuck in the door. Yeah. Or like
2: that's such a great area too because like how many women can't sleep immediately after the birth because of that birth hormone high. Yeah, But then I feel like if it goes into days of not sleeping, then it actually could be more of the birth trauma well, it keeping all, you up.
0: It all blends into like the whole postpartum depression, mm-hmm, postpartum
1: anxiety. Mm-hmm. It all kind of starts to blend together. Yeah. And the last one is feeling low and unhappity. Unhappity. <laughs> unhappity. If you're not a rabbit. Such a happy sounding thing that you just I said. Feel really, I unhoppity? feel
0: really happy right now. <laughs>
1: Me too. If we weren't <laughs> videotaping this, we could cut that part out, but lo and behold. <laughs> I'm forced to face my failures now. And watch it on video. She's very
0: unhappy about, about it.
1: <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Like... <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Negative connotation in the medical jargon community. You may feel guilty and blame yourself for your traumatic birth. You may have difficulty remembering parts of your birth experience. Mm.
0: Yeah, like your brain blocks it out. Yeah, mm.
1: so if you're having any of these things happen to you, um it could be PTSD and you should absolutely start trying to process that with I agree. A and good person.
0: There's a really and I know I've said this in other episodes, there's a lot of research going into that EMDR therapy is super helpful for PTSD and processing mm. trauma. And there are therapists who specifically
2: specialize in post
1: yes. or not well, in depression but also in post-traumatic stress disorder. And these this goes so so far outside of the birth community any of these things can be related to you know post-traumatic stress for the war, post-traumatic stress for watching someone get hit by a car, you're not going down that street, like these are all things that need to be processed with someone who's trained to do that, why are you making that face Sorry, right. right. I'm
2: just thinking about how much Jess and I were like, you probably need to talk about what happened at the bar, Kim We have talked and
1: about it! you
0: refused to talk about it We talked about it on the podcast I don't know what you're That's talking true. about I'm fine. Maybe we'll unpack that while we talk about my birth trauma. Yeah. Deal. We'll just get real up in here. Everybody
1: bring their luggage. <laughs> I don't have luggage. Just baggage. Luggage.
0: That's why every time I go on a trip, no matter how long it's going to be, I only carry a backpack.
1: Yeah, I do That's
2: that too. That's just your life, Jess. Like, I do the same thing. <laughs> my baggage must all fit in this one, in backpack, this one
1: backpack so backpack. I can carry it around with it's me It's all, you all you time.
0: Everything else must disappear. <laughs>
1: You should only be traveling to warm places anyway, which you just need a bathing suit and some shorts.
0: Exactly. Who even
2: yeah. needs that? Unless you that. to Alaska. Most
0: of the time sweet. I am swimming naked in warm places,
1: so. No, yeah, you don't need yeah. any clothes.
0: No. Nope.
1: Okay, I put my notes down, so that means you guys have to take over. Oh,
0: it's mm-hmm. time for our stories. Now we just get to tell other people's stories. <laughs> Thanks, Kim, for getting us
2: to this part. You're
0: welcome.
2: I don't have a phone, so we're going to have to borrow somebody's You're phone. You're
0: welcome. Okay, You're so welcome. our first story um, I'm going to I'm not going to read the whole birth and what happened but I'll hit some of the high points or the low points or the low points yeah I don't know why I said high points um, I so think you're sure you were going to say highlights but then you turn it into points yeah which is fine so this girl brought out that
2: her oh crap and then her phone died yes, really? It, it really just
1: died I have it hold on Yep. here we go here didn't we actually go. die I just can't see
0: it in the sunlight <laughs>
1: That Your was, phone's a vampire. That was not serendipitous <laughs> timing. This has both. This has both. Okay. So you
0: can just scroll um, down.
1: Like you've never used a phone before. Kim is actual or technical support okay.
0: person. So she brought out that her birth trauma and fear began in her pregnancy. Um, she said that she had complete faith in her body, but then things started happening that she couldn't control, so this she. Her first baby, sorry. She had, um, yes, she had okay. always dreamed of a water birth. Um, she was well educated on the C-section epidemic. She believed birth was natural, and um, so she was really going into this trying to get that experience. Um, but as she was starting to conceive, she had miscarriages, which go can really go mm-hmm. a long way towards Yeah, we haven't really
2: talked about miscarriages as a form of post traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, and it's how, a super common story. How the
0: fear for miscarriage affects pregnancies that even go on to mm-hmm. term and be okay. Um so she was already really having a hard time from her miscarriage. Um, so, they conceived right away after her miscarriage, um, and then sh- they the first trimester pretty much was uneventful, but then she ended up getting put on bed rest uh, around nine weeks of pregnancy, so a little bit before, because she kept bleeding every time mm. she would teach her dance classes. I mean, that's mm. like
1: your entire pregnancy. I was going to
0: say, that's so... Yeah. That very, alone is,
1: which I think she says in there, her trauma yeah. started in prenatally. Yep.
2: So, every did they time, reassess the need for bed rest? As, well, every, or did she stop dancing?
0: Every time or? it happened, she would go to the ER and they would tell her that it was okay. But then, because it kept happening, they put her on modified bed rest. So, she had to stop dancing. Um, her 20-week ultrasound, everything looked normal, restrictions were lifted, but then she started having some other stuff happen. So it's like, I guess I guess from, from what I, I'm going to say from this is that she kept having enough negative stuff happen that she had a feeling of fear instead mm-hmm. of feeling like everything was okay. And I feel like when people go into things with this feeling of fear, it really becomes hard for them to start then questioning other things that happen because you're just so scared and anxious that something is going to happen that's bad because it already... Has so then they start saying her third trimester that her baby was growth restricted. Um, she says she says it lightly because she's only 105 pounds, so she's small. Her baby might have just been small. So they started having growth ultrasounds twice a week, which is
1: yeah, that's insane. That's not a
0: thing. Which um that in itself.
1: twice a week I've never though heard of then that
0: in itself is anxiety inducing yeah because i mean your whole life
2: revolves around a ultrasound appointment and schedule. always
0: and and not just the schedule but always wondering is this one going to be okay mm-hmm. is it not going to be okay like what's going to happen um sounded like her her ob like it was just it was so routine to her she wouldn't even close the door she would just say oh it looks good um she said i didn't like my ob but i already had so much fear instilled in me i was too scared to ask for help from anyone else At the end of 35 weeks, 35 weeks, my son was.
1: Teeny tiny little.
0: My son was breached, and they said he was out of room. So we don't need to go into the science of how it's not super easy to diagnose IUGR or intrauterine growth restriction restriction from ultrasounds. They're very often not correct. Um, But.
2: Also, how many mixed messages is she getting right now?
0: So they just told her at 35 weeks, her son was out of room and he was breached. What so does that mean? Is that they a medical said, term? They said they were going to try. I hate to
1: tell you this, but your child is out of room. <laughs> Never. Your womb is. I think I heard that on Money Python once. Uh, yeah. Probably. So
0: they said they were going to try an external version to get the baby to flip head down. Only 17% chance of it being successful. But again, the baby's 35 weeks. Um so she really didn't want a C-section. So they began trying to do an external version at 35 weeks. Um, she had she was her stuck over and over again trying to get an IV. Her, her veins kept blowing. Her at 8:58. So she gives a timeline at 8:58 a.m. My son's heart rate dropped below 90 beats per minute.
1: Is this while they were performing? Yes. So, an, exter- an external cephalic version is when they try to use their hands to gently Turn massage the baby, the baby yes. into vertex presentation. And they so, often do that now in ORs
2: with the anticipation of there being complications with the baby's heart tone. So, it's not, you know, it's not unheard of. Yes. Sorry. Um,
0: but, I would say, so the baby's heart rate at 857, at 858 went down to below 90 beats per minute um they were t- she was told they had to get it out now she was rushed to the or put under general anesthesia and the baby was born at Ooh. 9 a.m so they had the baby out two minutes from the time the baby's heart rate went below 90 beats per minute so it doesn't sound to me like they tried to change position they tried to do anything How's or it backed off face? on the
2: version i was gonna say i actually just realized my i've not i've been making some pretty judgy faces yeah. i'm not my poker they didn't face try is to do
0: any. and they didn't try to do anything to get the baby's heart rate back up above 90 beats per minute. They just rushed her in for a C section at
2: under general,
0: at 35 weeks under general anesthesia, which is high risk. Um, so he was born via emergency sex- C section. Um, had a nuchal cord, totally normal. Breeds on his own for a few minutes, but then had to be resuscitated, which is also very... Can, for, for a mom, watching a resuscitation can be very
1: especially traumatic. Especially like Super if you don't traumatic. understand
2: what's going on. And they very rarely verbalize what they're doing while they're doing so it.
1: So he was born...
0: So he was born at five, 35 weeks, and he was 5 pounds, 2 ounces, and 19 and a half inches long. This baby, How much did he weigh?
2: He was 19 and a half inches long? Wow.
0: 5 pounds, 2 ounces at 35 weeks. Yeah. So... Does not sound like a growth restricted baby. Mm-mm. I
1: have, I don't, I have no comment.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you're real. I back don't have a medical hard. license. This does not sound like a growth restricted baby to me. I mean, body it, proportions are important when you're
2: assessing that as well. But yes, okay, maybe I'm wrong.
0: I'm not saying you're wrong. I know you're not. No, no, nope. we're um, not. We're not saying that. So she didn't get to hold him or see him until after 11 a.m. So two hours. Didn't eat for the first 24 hours of life. And while trying to work on breastfeeding, he stopped breathing again. Had to be resuscitated.
1: So he was having respiratory issues outside of...
0: Which is not surprising because he was 35, 35 weeks. weeks. It's, it's, yeah. You just did not say that in your microphone at all. Sorry. So Get it together, Meredith. So it's the only says- red button
1: on the whole
0: screen so she said he was in the NICU for a week after that but he's now a healthy breastfed toddler which I hear so many moms do like this is all the bad things that happened, but he's healthy now so right okay. right no which, that but, is so I almost feel is... like it's an apologetic for feeling mm-hmm. bad about your birth experience um so I asked her how she had dealt with that and things that happened to her and she said and this is the part that I really like because it's like any kind of birth can be traumatic for someone which it does sound like that that's so sounds many horrible. Traumatic things to go through and this is what she said. She said it took me a while to actually acknowledge my feelings around my pregnancy and my birth. For a while, I hated my husband and I had no idea why. We realized that we needed help and went to therapy together. He yes. had he had PTSD from his job as a paramedic, but a lot of it also stems from what we went through. Journaling helps both of us. Each time I write my birth story, the emotions behind it change. Um, and I found that true. It's like each time you tell your birth story. Yeah. Even if it's not journaling, you- Well,
2: cheers to y'all for doing this for yourselves. Yeah. It's so important.
0: And she said, healing is not linear. For the longest time, I couldn't watch water births on social media. They made me cry. Now I can see the beauty in them again. It gets better with time if you put in the work. I've also educated myself so much more in the past year. I thought I was educated enough going into pregnancy. I volunteered in L&D and postpartum in high school and in college. And I was a newborn hearing screener, so I learned a lot from the nurses. And I, as an EMT, I knew the very basics. I'm learning more, and it helps, knowing now that it doesn't have to be like that.
1: Yay. Yeah.
0: So it's like finding the education to move past what happened and trying to move past fear into, like, empowerment. Mm-hmm.
2: And like you said, like, it's really hard to hear that message that it didn't have to be like that because then you have to own that, like, those choices were taken away from you originally. But it is, like, a more hopeful message for the future as well if you, like, want yeah. to have children
0: again. Because hindsight, it's so easy to say that in hindsight. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, But when you're going through it and you're feeling that fear, it's not. 2020 Mm-mm. so
1: not when your baby's life is just no yeah you're in straight survival mode at that point exactly and and then you always refer to whoever is whomever is making the suggestions yeah and there's trust
2: there like you do want to be able to trust the people who are like not con- well controlling those situations and a lot of times because like what else what other options do you have besides trusting
0: people yeah because you, you feel like you don't know what to do yeah which, and and when you're in that place of fear, and I know from being in places of fear, it's really hard to think beyond that place of fear and to find empowerment unless somebody is giving you the tools to do that.
2: Yeah, and so, like, be really, like, gracious with yourself because you might own that, like, in that moment, you have to just trust what's going on around you. And down the road, it might be easier for you to accept that, like, that trust wasn't there. But don't be hard on yourself if you don't realize that in that moment. Yeah. that's, like, a really hard thing to do.
0: It really, really is. Okay. That oh, was a beautiful story. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how beautiful it was. Well, just how she came out
1: of it. I was going to say, yeah, it's she really did, hopeful story she took, despite steps, everything. Yeah. You know, she took the steps she needed to process and, and work through it. So. Yeah.
2: And also recognized it wasn't just about her and her healing, but her partners as well, yeah. which is overlooked a lot.
1: Yeah. And her babies. Yeah. So. And- oh, you're wearing the socks that donate. Yeah. To bees. Yeah. I bought those for Dave. They're Terrence's. So Aww, I can't really. Terence, uh-huh. I know yeah. He's, okay, they, they donate to the um every pair you buy they donate a pair to the homeless shelters because socks are the number one needed item in homeless shelters. For those of this you who didn't know that, for, really? no, this is
2: for bees. I think
1: no, it has bees on it, but I think they donate to the homeless shelters. Oh. Need to I Google think it. It's Google it. Google it. Confusing. It could be it another. It could be another company. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know putting a homeless person on a pair of socks. <laughs>
0: But why a, why a bee, though? Is
1: that a hobo
0: on your sock? I <laughs> have to say, the artwork
2: on Winchester's homeless shelter is beautiful. I would totally wear a pair of socks with the mural they have on their shelter. It's amazing.
0: Okay, read the next story. I am freezing right <laughs> I know. now. I'm struggling. Damn it. I'm not. You're in the shade. I am loving I'm, it.
1: I keep scooting back. <laughs> And I'm glad the She's video's on. She's definitely not going to scoot closer <laughs> because so. I'm definitely going to end up flipping backwards at some point. And it's
0: going to be hysterical. And <laughs> it I'm is so laugh
1: cold right now. Guys,
0: the last I'm bit. just going to stand Justin's up. Like,
1: Fuck you. No, I'm just going to stand up <laughs> behind you in the sun. Hold my mic. <laughs> You're going to
0: creepily hover over me. Is hold my mic like the podcasting version of hold my beer? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's better. So, so better. Okay, Meredith, so read the story. All right. Uh, Meredith hey. and Jess
2: <laughs> Hi Hello How are you doing? <laughs> I, I hope they're catching your snorting on mic Dang it, you didn't have I your don't, mic on I don't snort Oh my gosh, now I'll be on video though. So. You're going to get your squat workout in during this I'm doing it I'm a, I'm a really good squat. I'm going to read this
1: really, really Remember? slowly Okay, go ahead I'll, I'll hold it
0: <laughs> Pull All squat, right.
2: go uh meredith and jess were my birth attendants so they probably remember how my birth went yeah we do oh yeah at the time i think i would have described it as traumatic but now i can look at it as empowering i would say to other moms if you're in immediate postpartum and are having thoughts like i am never having another child i think that's okay let yourself believe that in the moment telling myself that i would never have to give birth again was so comforting to me my mom told me that the birth amnesia would come, and she was right. I have no idea how it happens, but I literally have forgotten most of the pains of birth, and now I want to have lots of babies. Exclamation point. Thank God, because your babies are so cute.
0: Well, she only has one.
2: I know, but fine. Your babies will be so cute, because the first one's adorable. <laughs> well, I hope it is now. He's so cute. Have you crept on him recently? Well, not on the baby, but...
0: No. Well, I guess
2: on the baby. <laughs> I said that I had this vision of you like creeping on this baby. It made me feel weird. We don't do babies. <laughs> no, we don't.
0: <laughs>
2: Go on Mary. Oh man. Oh no. Okay. Uh, she said I can, I should feel free to share um, her experiences if that's helpful, which I might put in some information. Um, so the first stage of my labor was very fast. Three hours. Um, yeah. That was one of those ones. Where I was like, Oh, just, trying to go back to sleep oh never mind you're pushing it's, your it's baby out right. your baby
0: is here look at that because yes. i got there, my bad i got there very close to like when she started pushing because it happened so quickly yeah. and i'd only been there for a little bit before that
2: yeah so it was a thing um and extremely overwhelming the other two phases were very long which was so frustrating in that whole experience because the birth was just, like, so fast and straightforward. Yep. And then everything went to shit afterwards. Well, the pushing
0: phase was longer.
2: Yeah, that's true. The pushing phase was longer. How it long? was just
0: the dilating phase that was shorter. Yeah.
2: She how long did she push for?
0: for? I think mean, that was, like, maybe
1: two
2: hours. Oh, that's normal. Three hours.
1: For a primate, that's expected. But it was, about it was unexpected, long-
2: though, considering how short her yeah. first phase was. Um, She says, and then she goes on to say... Uh, my placental stage was scary, as was getting stitched up for my second-degree tear. So her placenta, mm-hmm. I had to go in and get it. So that was not fun. But show that you have great skill as a midwife. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so discerning when I do that. I'm like, I offered transfer first. It was with
0: full consent. Because she was like, I'll say, having watched that, it was like, I know that this is not going to be fun. I'm going to give her the option. Because it's like, at this point, it's either that or we have to transfer Mm. in. And and she totally wholeheartedly chose like, no, I want you to try what you can do here. We talked about it
2: for a very long time. Like, I'm pretty sure we left the room and let them talk privately at least twice about it, too. So I feel really good about the decision. Vision. and but also, it was
1: really hard to make that choice i want yeah. to point out as a provider that if if her placenta was like accreted or whatever that would not have been able to be handled at home so yeah this was, it was
2: it, when the it was within the context of my practice right yeah okay. Go um, on. and then she had to get sutured for a second degree tear which also at that point i think the The placental face had been so scary to her that that just felt so overwhelming and she so was on high
0: alert at that point. Yeah. yeah,
2: and it was totally understandable with what was going on. And so the reason it took so long wasn't because it was like super involved or it took you know the actual actual the actual suturing itself didn't take super long, but it was the hey, I know you're overwhelmed right now and I know what you need is information. <laughs> so I literally. Um, I told her about every single thing I was doing and I think at some points, like she literally had control of my hands. Like I would let her, she did. I would let her take my hands and And place them on
0: her body when she was
2: ready because at that point
0: things had been so out of her control. Which was like really trying to be so sensitive to how she was feeling.
2: Yeah. And I don't think, honestly, I don't, I've never seen that in a, like in a hospital context. Like there's no patients with suturing at all. Any information given at all. Um... So, yeah, I felt if I, yeah, that was like a really hard birth for me, too, just for how long things took. You called me during
0: it and mm-hmm. also yeah, I because did. i think there's something this was a personal friend of yours and i think yeah. there's a whole other side to being a birth worker for a personal friend of yours yeah. which we'll talk about and we'll talk about that in, in our in our birth worker so, secondary trauma or whatever
2: so anyways i guess i wanted to add that because of what she says later in her story but um difficult birth experiences are made so much easier by dedicated and compassionate birth workers uh, meredith cared for my mental and emotional self not just physical I think I would have had a much more traumatic birth if I had been with a provider who did not pause and talk me through everything that was happening. So, like, even in that moment when I felt a little bit like silly, having her like move my hands every time I had to move them, I knew it was really important to like what was going to happen eventually. And I'm like, so I'm going That's amazing that you do that. I mean,
1: there are a lot of people <laughs> who wouldn't do that. I mean, look, but it was also
2: just like I, this client guided it. I've never done that for anybody before. It was like completely done like,
1: for her GYN care. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so amazing. And
2: and, like, I love this mom for so many reasons. And like one of them was because she knew exactly what she needed and she like gave herself the patience and the time and advocated for what she needed. And like she said, I really think it switched like what her experience could have been for her. Um, so I had a lot of difficulty sleeping in the first few days after birth, which made it more difficult to cope, which I feel like when I said earlier, when it extends past the first like 24 hours, it's yeah, no longer ex- a birth If you're exhausted it's more of like
0: a trauma and you're not sleeping, yeah,
2: postpartum depression. So I was really worried about this client with postpartum depression. Um, I are was ta- really
0: worried about you with secondary trauma. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We're not going to unpack that right now.
1: It's but, a story. Um, are Put we ta- that in Brian's vest along with his birth trauma. Yeah. Just not under his kilt.
2: Every time I closed my eyes, I was back in labor. My thoughts were racing. Breastfeeding was also kind of... Girl, that is the understatement of the flippin' year. She had the most... One of the most traumatic breastfeeding experiences I've ever had to witness. Um She had mastitis like twice, I think. And like Ouch. within the first six weeks. yeah. Um, and for the first few weeks, it was difficult to see my precious baby outside if he causes pain. I would dread the next breastfeeding session and cry before latching on in anticipation of the pain. So...
0: She just, like, literally went
2: through everything.
0: Yeah. And there's so much guilt involved with that, too, because you know you want to breastfeed your baby. But it's, like, you really are, like, I don't want to do this. But then you do it anyway. But then you feel like you're a bad mom for not wanting to do it. It's just, ugh, it's terrible. It's so hard being a mom. It really is. So I
2: feel like the takeaway is, like... No, like if you feel like you need something in a birth or like in a postpartum that's going to help you down the road like please feel like you are worth mentioning it and like don't feel bad asking for more time from your providers because at the end of the day like I feel better knowing that that helped with your experience. I think
0: that that's true for you though but then there's other people that may have made it worse because even if she had mentioned it they would have laughed it off which would be even more traumatic. Yeah that's and true. then there are
1: times where we as providers it goes outside of our scope. Like you may need more help than we can give. Right. Um, in which case we'll tell you like, please, please go find a counselor, a therapist or mm-hmm. someone who can help you process this better yeah. than I can. So I guess that like goes
2: back to, to like, think about your provider. Think of all about all of this, especially if you have a history of birth trauma, like think about whether or not your provider is going to be able to hold space for you for yeah. what your needs are.
0: Cause um, some people do just need support and validation and to be heard, and to have things taken care of them. But other people need more help.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think all moms could benefit from some kind of, like, professional counseling when it comes to processing births. Even if it's super positive, it's still, like, a super transitional period of your life that's worth taking the time to
0: process. And our culture does not really give that Mm -mm. time at all. No. It's, like, right back at them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you do hundreds of births a month, it's kind of hard to do that
2: yeah no and I was thinking about you too like you're not as busy so like it would have been really hard to like you know if you had other moms to provide for it'd be a lot harder to like be able to do that for somebody and I had like I can do that because I'm not super busy (laughs) but if you have the capacity I'm not that busy but there are limits yeah like if you have the capacity in that moment to be there for your your clients like please do it because it's so important and honestly it ends up saving you more work down the road because like you're able to create a safer space for them at that moment oh my god we're gonna see how many times jess plays with her boobs on this video i'm not playing with my boobs guess what i'm still squatting (laughs)
0: okay anyway sorry mary
2: got long-winded when
0: i'm (laughs) not playing with my boobs i am picking at my chest though (laughs) oh i'm moving i'm moving
1: give me
0: my mic oh god okay
1: so is there anything
0: else that we want to we thank you i guess for writing in and like sharing get your birth trauma your that's really hard stuff coronavirus, coronavirus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i almost licked the side of your face but then i was like i can't do that because we're supposed to be social distancing we already agreed that we're not doing that <laughs>
0: you almost licked the side of my it face. was right here the whole time i was
1: like looking up at the
2: two of you back and forth You <laughs> would have gotten it on camera too
0: <laughs> that's not normal <laughs> so I think I think oh we, can we talk? Can we talk about? I don't think we mind. have time we to talk, about, talk about, it. about it. So what else do we have to say about birth trauma?
1: That truly peace on earth begins with birth. If every child were born Not during, just birth, also what happens after? Yeah, birth. right. Like like circumcision. Oh yes. Oh my God, we are spiraling. That is a really so good lead in, but. If the birth and postpartum is peaceful, and even if it doesn't go the way you want it to go, if the people around you are validating and caring and yes. loving, then... It makes up for a lot. It makes a lot right. of healing
0: happen. Can we right. change it to peace on earth begins
1: with good prenatal care? <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 Yes, we can. Because there's so much you could do to prep for these experiences before and you, you even can, get there. You can get these things. You just need to interview providers to... To help you through these phases of life, spend more time choosing a provider than you do
0: choosing a crib.
1: That's true. Oh my gosh! Yes, and we please. recognize that even our care can lead to a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. Not because from so our... much of birth is out of control, no matter right. how hard
0: we try, mm-hmm. and no matter and it's about perspective. And we're we're also not perfect. So,
1: I mean, I am, but
0: <laughs> you're you are whatever perfect. You are.
1: Listen, I'm cold as she hot, so we need to <laughs> wrap it up.
0: Let's wrap it up like a... <laughs> like a not-cold dick.
1: Yeah. Hey, I just want to say I hope Dana enjoyed the first episode that we did.
0: Let us know your feedback. For you. Sorry, yeah. not sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, I need my wine. I don't... Well... Well... So the
0: only- are we really going to... The only other thing we have to say, just do your wine bottle. The only other thing we have to say is that we do care about your experiences and um, write in. Let us know if there's something you think or that we should add to our episodes about this. Because hey, there's going to be a lot more. There's always time. Other than that, we'll never stop talking. Peace on earth begins with birth and And cheers. cheers. Hello.